back to Literally Heinous. We have a very special guest on today. We're going to talk about the show about nothing, Seinfeld. So please welcome my dad, Richard. Dad. Thank you, Lily. So um, glad to be here. So proud of you and love listening to your podcast. Thanks. Do you want to like introduce yourself a little bit, like where you live, what you do? Well, I'm born and raised in Atlanta, lived here all my life. Of course, I have two amazing kids, you and your brother, Vic. Um, married Monica Maslia in 2016, and we're celebrating our anniversary in November. And um, I'm a huge Seinfeld, huge Atlanta Braves fan and a huge Seinfeld fan, among other things. Amazing. So when, so can you like walk me through, do you remember like the first time that you heard about Seinfeld? How old were you and how did you get into it? Well, let's see, it came out in 19, I think the pilot was like 89, and then I think the series started in 1990. I didn't really follow it at the beginning, didn't really hear much about it. I knew who Jerry Seinfeld was, but didn't really pay much attention until probably about the 1992 or 93. So I was in my, um, I guess, late 20s at that point. And it just started to really catch on. So I think from like 93 on to the end, I became addicted and started watching every episode. But it wasn't the beginning. It was about year three, three or four. So did you have like any friends that would watch it with you? Like did mom watch it at all? I, yes, she did. She did. And um, I don't remember having a lot of friends that I don't remember as being a show talked about. I remember everyone at that time was talking about like Melrose Place. And that was a huge show. But, th- but this was not like that. It really got more attention as the show went on. And really, the, of course, the afterlife of it too. But it wasn't something we all talked about. Okay. So... And I, like, all my memories of Seinfeld was always that, like, oh, my dad watches that show. Like, that's my dad's favorite show. So have you just been consistently watching Seinfeld since you started? Like, you never stopped watching it? Pretty much. I mean, from again, from, like, 1993 on, watched every episode and became addicted to it and always looked forward to the, to the next one and was so sad when they ended it, but I got it. And then watched the, um, the reruns when they were on when it went to syndication and then a had the um i think your mom bought me the dvd set way before youtube so that was when you could watch a lot of the bloopers and interviews things you could that you can easily see now but you couldn't then so that was really cool so we did watch a lot of the dvds and then eventually it was on all the time so we could always record it and watch it yeah like i remember when we had dvr and like on demand and we would like record stuff like there was always seinfeld always always yeah and you would like show me clips like if i was talking about something that happened in school you'd be like oh there's this one episode where kramer and i'm like dad i don't care but now now <laughs> when i send them to you you laugh and you enjoy them i know yeah so i never really cared much for seinfeld because i just assumed that if it was something that you liked then like i wouldn't watch it right um but then when it came on netflix I like Jack my boyfriend was watching it and I was like oh maybe I'll just start watching it too and it's been my going to bed show for like a year which is nice but I always like fall asleep during episodes so like sometimes I still miss <laughs> like I haven't seen all of them um, so if you had to guess how many times have you seen each episode I would think probably at least three or four and then so many times I'll see clips like they always pop up on YouTube and so I've seen many 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 clips too but probably each episode three or four times okay and like, summing it up, why do you like Seinfeld so much? I think you've got four outstanding characters. They're all so funny. Of course, I love Kramer. He's my favorite. Um, and, you know, when you sit there and you watch the news, and the news is always so depressing, you can always turn on Seinfeld, just kind of forget everything and enjoy the silliness of it. And um, I think I've just always loved that. Okay. And what's your favorite episode? There's a couple. One of mine is called The Voice, where... And the voice is actually because Jerry is dating a girl, and when she's hungry, 
her stomach makes these funny yeah. noises and that's the voice but the best part of the episode to me is in it where kramer hires an intern named darren and mm-hmm. he's a he's an intern from nyu and i guess kramer submitted something saying that he owns kramerica industries and it's a yeah. worldwide <laughs> company and so he got you know he got a job with him there but basically he's just his assistant he answers the phone for him. He makes reservations at the coffee shop, which I don't really think you need to make reservations for Monk's Cafe. Yeah. And um, it's just funny things. They're they try, trying to so, solve the world's energy crisis. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that that fails. And then yeah. at the very end, he's like, how about ketchup and mustard in the same bottle? And the assistant's like, oh, my God, Mr. Kramer, that's amazing. <laughs> so that one, that one is really funny. Another one is um, called the Deli Slicer, where Kramer yeah. gets this incredible slicer. I think you've seen that one. And he slices meat so thin you can't even see it. That's, that's what he says. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Lane borrows a slicer. And he's always wearing like a, a, a meat butcher yeah. white coat. And that's the one where it's a long story, but I know everyone's seen it, um, where George has to get another picture of his boss without his shirt on because he did something to his other picture. Long story. So Jerry's dating a, um, uh, a dermatologist who's played by Marsha Cross, a former Melrose Place alum. And he does something to piss her off, and so she decides not to do this health screening for um, cancer. So George is freaking out because he's got to get that picture, and in walks Kramer with his white coat on. He goes, hey, you can be the doctor. Go in there and take a picture of my boss on a shirt on. He's like, what kind of scheme are you cooking up? He goes, please do it, please do it, please do it. So Kramer goes in there, and he takes he takes the picture, and he comes out, and he says, George, we got a problem. He goes, what, did you get the picture? He goes, yeah, but... There's like a mole on his on you know on his shoulder. He goes, he goes, he goes. I'll just send him to a doctor. He can go look at it. He goes, now why would I, a Juilliard trained dermatologist, send my patient to another doctor? And he says, but you're not a dermatologist. But he doesn't know that, and I don't want to betray his trust. Just a funny, funny line. So yeah, that one is great. And also the Merv Griffin show, where Kramer finds the old Merv Griffin set, which is almost before my time. So I know you haven't heard of that. And he would have a talk show. He would host a talk show in his apartment. So anybody that came over to visit Cranberry would be like, hey, George Costanza, come sit down here. Tell me, what's been going on with you? Kind of like the Tonight yeah. Show. Because you always talked about the Juilliard-trained dermatologist yes. one. And I like knew that bit. And then when I finally got to the episode, I was like, oh, my God, Dad, I just got to the Juilliard and it's, episode. And it's so funny. It's it is so, so funny. silly, but it is so funny. Yeah. And it's just like the my favorite kind of humor is like the subtle humor. And it's just like that one word or that one phrase that just slightly like makes like an uptick mm-hmm. that makes it funny like julie are trained like of course it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah it doesn't do with music or... <laughs> yeah gosh um so like seinfeld is famous for having that like abc timeline and it's um like i studied improv in college and we would talk about like a herald set where we would have like a long form improvised play kind of for mm-hmm. 20 minutes and there's be like an a plot b plot c plot each scene would like be the a plot the next scene would be the b plot and then like halfway through they would start merging them and be a wave exactly and they get resolved at different points and so that was interesting like when i was kind of doing research for this like learning about how like the different subplots of course the kramer plot the elaine plot but then what larry david did that made it special is like a lot of them didn't have resolution and so watching interviews with Jason Alexander, who plays George, he expressed confusion. He's like, well, why isn't George's subplot getting resolved? Mm-hmm. And Larry was like, that's the funny, because George doesn't get anything resolved. Right. He just yeah. like screams about it. It just sits out there, hangs out there, yeah. Um, so that's, I like that part a lot, too. Um, 
So as a Seinfeld fan and an avid eBay user, what is the craziest thing you've done as a fan? Many years ago, I bought a script from the episode The Parking Spot, and it was autographed by all four of them. Okay. All four of the co-stars. So, yeah. And, and it's funny because I'm on several Facebook sites, and I've posted a picture of like, oh, that's fake. That's fake. And they're all like just tearing into me saying, anybody could get one of those. That's just a copy. But it really was real, and I got the certificate of authenticity of it, too. So that's the only thing I would – I have looked before to see if there's like props and mm-hmm. things like that. But I would love to find just something like that was hanging on Jerry's wall or refrigerator. But yeah. not hard to be found. Why was there so much cereal in Jerry's apartment? I, don't, I, I think he'd like cereal in real life. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've looked into that before. And, you know, because, like, he's a big Superman fan in mm-hmm. real life. And there's a lot of references to Superman. So I think he probably likes cereal, and that's why he put it there. He also likes the Mets. There's a few things related to the New York Mets in yeah. his apartment. So I think that has to do with him personally. Okay. I've just always wondered that. Um, so let's talk about life on set. Um, so obviously, Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David were the creators of the show. And... If anyone else is like me and didn't really know, like I kind of for a while, maybe this is dumb, just thought that like Jerry Seinfeld, like he was just the star of the show and like that was just kind of it. But he really was like the co-creator of it. Like he did so much of the show. So I do have to give credit where credit's due. Can you talk a little bit about what some of the other cast or um, main actors were like on set? Just from what I've read, um, Kramer, Michael Richards was just a perfectionist and worked as hard, if not harder than anyone. And when you see a lot of the bloopers, like Elena's cracking up in some of the bloopers, you can see he's kind of getting frustrated. And I've read some interviews from several guest stars, and they said he takes things so seriously. And when he's, you know, falling down and making crazy noises, he's practicing it over and over and over, even into the last season. So the way he slides, the iconic slide into mm-hmm. Jerry's apartment, he practices it before they shoot it over and over again. Other, other cast are just sitting around, hanging around, just waiting to shoot. And he's out there just working so hard. So as, as goofy as he is and a character, totally opposite, takes it very seriously. Cool. I wonder if that's so Michael Richards, who plays Kramer, he was the oldest. Right. Yeah. So he was 40 when he was cast to play Kramer. Yeah, definitely older. And we'll talk a little bit later about like the actors pre-Seinfeld, but a part of me wonders if that's... Like, he took it so seriously because maybe he thought, like, Seinfeld was going to get taken away from him because he was older. He probably wasn't going to get cast But he was doing more. that at the end when the show was so popular. Yeah. He was still the same way. Yeah. So, Seinfeld, we have the four main characters, of course, but there's mm-hmm. also a lot of supporting cast right. and series regulars. So, who were some of your favorites? Frank and Estelle Costanza. I think they were just, you know, George's parents were just amazing. Both so funny, the way they yelled and screamed. And just, I think their characters are great. I also like Jerry's parents, too. Mm-hmm. The Mr. and Mrs. Seinfeld, Morty Seinfeld. They were funny, too. But Frank and Estelle, and of course, we have an old history with um, Estelle. Yes. Going back to... Sweet Life of Zach and that's Cody. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I showed you, I was like, look, he's on this show. And you're like, oh, my God. But then you still weren't interested in Seinfeld back then. Yeah, well, I was like 10. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so Estelle Harris, she mm-hmm. recently just passed away. She did, yeah, she did. Yeah, um, so Frank's, or sorry, George's mom, yeah, she was Muriel on Sweet Life of Zach and right. Cody. And kind of played like a similar character, like crotchety old mm-hmm. like housekeeper. She was like, I'm not cleaning that up. Is that <laughs> yeah. like a reference to something? I feel like. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. That's funny. Um, and I know that George's, the Costanzas aren't Jewish, but to me, they've always felt Jewish. Right. Yeah. Like, I agree. And well, because the Seinfelds are and the way they were like both trying to get the condo in um, 
In Boca. In De- Del Boca oh, Vista, which yeah. of course is a made up is a made up town. But um, yeah, because we have a lot of Jewish friends who has who have parents down in Boca, and um, that's where the place where they where they like to go. So I think it was just a competition because I don't think they really liked each other. Yeah. And once the Costanzas found out that the Seinfelds were moving down there, they wanted to get a place down there. Yeah, because the Seinfelds don't like the Costanzas. Right. Um, and then Susan. So George's infamous fiance who they eventually kill off Can right you talk about that what i've read i saw and listened to an interview with um jason uh, alexander and he said that the Ken- they said she was a wonderful actress wonderful person but the chemistry for some reason just didn't work and somebody jokingly said oh let's just kill her off and they ended up doing that which was kind of a dark episode when that happened i mean it's funny in a way because it was the envelopes i mm-hmm. guess but um, I think she just didn't didn't fit for some reason, and maybe it just didn't it didn't make sense for George to be married on the show. They should all be single, I guess. And for whatever reason, she just didn't fit. Yeah, that makes sense. I personally, I wouldn't have wanted to see George married, anyways, because so much of the funny in the show is like for single people and all right. the like antics that they do to and the either boyfriends, the girlfriends they yeah. have too. Um, and then Susan wasn't funny, really. So, like, why add a main character that's not really funny? Right, yeah. I guess maybe they thought they would it would work out, and I guess it, it just didn't. And... Mm. Um, so, some of the writers on the show, so Larry and Jerry right. get the most credit for creating the show, but there were also some interesting writers. Um, so, the one script that you have was also co-written by Greg Daniels from The Office, right. which is interesting. I know you're a big Office fan. I'm not that big of an Office Well, I am, but <laughs> so not as crazy as other people are. Um, but one other writer we did some research on was Larry Charles. Right. Well-known, behind the scenes. He's got this big, bushy beard. And I believe he wrote many, many of them. I mean, he's always in the credits. And I, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was also involved with Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, I with think Larry, he too. Because I don't think a whole lot of Seinfeld people are involved, but, but he definitely was. Yeah, and he gets credited for really developing Kramer. Oh, does Okay. Yeah. That I did not know. Um, and then post Seinfeld, he's done a lot of work with Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, Borat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Isla Fisher's husband. He was also in Les Mis, one of my favorite movie musicals. Um, so looking at some guest stars, who were your favorites? Oh, let's see. Um, I like the episode with Bette Midler. I've always been a Bette Midler fan. Mm-hmm. And that, that episode is, I believe, called The Understudy, where Jerry is dating Bette's understudy for the musical Rochelle Rochelle. And they're playing a softball game, and George runs over Bette Midler mm-hmm. and hurts her. And everyone thinks he did that on purpose, so Jerry's girlfriend could then take on her role. And at the end, Kramer is holding. Is Kramer's in love with Bette Midler, and he's so mad at Jerry and George, thinking he set this thing up. And you know, she's like knocked out and like almost unconscious. And Kramer's like, "You are the wind beneath my wings." <laughs> just so funny. And she's looking at him like just like he's nuts. Yeah. That that one, and then also because I'm a baseball fan, the Keith Hernandez episode called "The Boyfriend." That's a two-parter, and that's where he um, Keith Hernandez dates Elaine, but Jerry's also kind of obsessed with him because he was his hero from you know because he's a big baseball fan. So that was I like that one. That was a funny episode. Too. Yeah, "The Wind Beneath My Wings" is a reference to Beaches, Beaches, of a course. movie that you showed me, which is yeah, literally the saddest movie of all. It time. is. It's a great movie, but it is it is very sad. No one really like talks about it anymore. Yeah. Like I haven't met a lot of people my age that have seen it. It's just like, why watch something to cry? I know. Almost like why would I do that? Yeah. Um. Okay. So. 
we so going back to Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld mm-hmm. with their dynamic. So Larry David leaves Seinfeld after season seven. So Jerry heads two seasons by himself. What do you think that did for the show? You know, I've looked back at those episodes, and I think those episodes are still just as good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't think there was a drop off at all. I mean, I like those episodes, and I guess it was seven, eight, and nine. I, I think it was uh, eight and nine. Eight and nine, because I think Larry came back for the finale. But I, I, there's some of my favorite episodes are towards the end in seven and eight. I think that a lot of people say that when Larry left, the show got a little bit crazier. Like the antics were less focused on like very normal things that could happen to anyone mm-hmm. and more like crazy, like the Frogger episode. Yes. Like the yeah. funny in that show is something that's just so outrageous that right. would never happen, never happen in real happen. life. Right. Um, and then Larry also gets, so the character of George was loosely based on Larry. Correct. Yeah, and just being like really outlandish and really reactive. And there were some, I mean, there were some things where there was one where, um, and it happened to Larry David where he got fired from a job and he showed up for work the next day Mm -hmm. as if it didn't happen. That's one of the scenes where George gets fired. I can't remember which job it was, but he showed up. Oh, because he like cussed out his boss. He must have had some other job lined up and, and he's like, George, we fired you. He goes, oh, that, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. But that really happened to Larry David. Yeah, and of course, Kramer was based on Larry David's neighbor, Kramer. Kenny Kramer. Yeah. Who, to this day, is still doing um, tours in New York City. Yeah. The Kramer Reality Tour, I believe it's called. And also, the soup Nazi in real life was based off a real life soup. That's right. Yeah. Some some guy named... Oh, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, We can look it up. I think he's still alive and still doing that. But he still, like, markets as, like... But he changed it, like, soup something not Nazi, oh the guy obviously. in new york because yeah. the soup nazi um larry i can't remember his name but he still performs that everywhere he's appeared on shows he's made a living doing that has admitted that the soup guy the or, soup the yeah. soup nazi they got the, the actor that portrayed yeah. him i think he like sells soup like i don't know and he, he makes appearances where's that yeah. white coat oh he's on like cameo yeah Oh, a cameo, of course. I know. What other like E-list celebrity? Exactly. Exactly. Well, but you know what? You make two hundred fifty bucks I, here and there. It's such a good way to make money. Yeah, you just sit at home with your uh, your computer. Yeah, it's really easy. Not that I've done it. And but. imagine all the crazy Seinfeld fans like me. That if someone ever sent that to me, like, oh my God, here's soup notches and Richard, happy birthday. No soup for you. That would you know people would pay for that. People definitely pay for that. Um, so Seinfeld always gets compared to Friends. Right. Not that. Like, I guess maybe on paper, two comedy sitcoms based on a friend group in New York City that was mm-hmm. on primetime television in, like, the 90s. Same network, back-to-back. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't. I just don't see many similarities because the friends group is a little bit younger, and they all, like, halfway date each other, mm-hmm. and they're roommates and this and that, where none of them are roommates on Seinfeld. They're older, more established in their careers, I guess. Well, actually, George and Kramer really don't have careers. But, um... I think that's why I think they were just, you know, they were on they're on the same back to back. And I think that that's why they're on the same time. But I, I just don't see a whole lot of similarities. Yeah. And the Seinfeld cast was older. So like, right. Julia was 28. Um, Jerry was 35. Jason was 30. And Michael was 40. So right. I think that that kind of has to do with I think that Seinfeld has like a little bit mature sense of humor mm-hmm. whereas with friends the cast they were Sillier, all in their yeah. mid-20s right except for lisa kudrow and courtney cox who were 30 mm-hmm. i am not a huge friends fan i don't find most of the characters to be like not very funny to watch right. but the jokes in it like that whole like pivot bit um mm-hmm. they don't know that we don't know okay cool but seinfeld is a little more 
subtle humor right. sometimes, in my opinion. So talking, so let's talk a little bit about the actors like before Seinfeld. So okay. um, Jason Alexander is a classically trained actor. Right. I think he was, he was he's a phenomenal singer. Mm-hmm. And um, I had never heard of him other than him being on, on Pretty Women. But um, I think, did you say he won some awards? Or yeah, he was... the year that Seinfeld aired, he'd already won a Tony. Like, he won a Tony in 1989 wow. for Best Actor in a Musical. So he's very accomplished, classically trained actor. And you even mentioned that with the voicemail bit. Right. There was a, there was a scene where um, he's trying, uh, uh, he knows the girlfriend's trying to break up with him, but she has invited him to this gala. And she knows that once he knows that once she calls him and says we're broken up, he can't go to the gala. So he's avoiding her. So he sets up this answering machine message to avoid her call, where he's singing the song from, you know, believe it or not, you know, I'm believe walking it on or air. Not, I'm, I'm walking, walking on, on air. air. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beat. So when he recorded that, they they said you've got to do it over. It's too good. George cannot sing this good. So he had to like really, I don't know if the term is dumb it down, but basically. Yeah make it as bad as possible. So he had to do it several times so they could say, all right, that's bad enough for George because he's such an amazing singer. Yeah. And I watched some interviews with Jason Alexander too and he really is like pretty soft-spoken, like very mature, like very... He is nothing like George. Yeah, yeah. definitely nothing like George. So Jerry Seinfeld, pre-Seinfeld, he went like traditional stand-up comic route. Yeah, and I believe he was on The Tonight Show a few times before that. So he was a well-known stand-up comic, but... Um, but if you didn't really follow comedy, you really wouldn't have wouldn't have heard of him. Right. And then uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Elaine, she also took a pretty standard mm-hmm. um, like improviser route. So right. she went to Northwestern. I think she was on Friday some or, yeah. or SNL briefly. She was on SNL for – she really like the dream, honestly. She w- went to Northwestern, was on an improv team. I think she didn't graduate, and she went straight to SNL, worked there for a few years, mm-hmm. and then did Fridays, and then auditioned for Right. Elaine. And she did a couple of movies. She was in the Christmas Vacation movie where yeah. she played the uptight neighbor Margot that lived next door to uh, the Griswolds, but was not very famous. Yeah. And, of course, she comes from a billionaire family. Right, the Dreyfus family. Yeah. Yeah. And then Michael Richards. So what was he doing before Seinfeld? He was on Fridays too. And you look if you look back on, on YouTube, you can see scenes with he and um, Larry David both mm-hmm. there. So um, they know each other from that. I don't think he was on Saturday Night Live, but I think he was doing the improv stuff, kind of like these other guys were, and definitely on Fridays. And a couple of movies here and there. He was in a John Ritter movie, but he really wasn't famous until Seinfeld. Right. So with a common thing that gets talked a lot about with Seinfeld is like the residuals and how much the cast is getting paid. So what right. can you tell us? From what I've read, the Seinfeld cast, they do get residuals, just like I think everyone from TV shows now, including if you're at a little guest star, you, I've seen interviews where somebody gets, yeah, I get $10 a year from that one word I said. So they get residuals, but they do not get royalties. All the royalties go to Larry and Jerry. And they made hundreds of millions of dollars when it went syndicated. And I know George or Jason was upset, but I guess that was the deal they signed where the Friends group guys get 2% royalties. And I think they make 20, 10 to $20 million a year off of royalties in addition to residuals. It's two different things. So they own part of the show where the only owners of Seinfeld are Larry and Jerry, period. Yeah. So when the Friends cast started, I think after they filmed the first season, something along those lines um 
David Schwimmer, who played Ross, and I think he was kind of poised to be the lead of the show. He gathered the group, the rest of them, five, mm -hmm. and said, like, we need to go as an ensemble cast. And in Matthew Perry's decrepit memoir, he basically was like, wow, this guy's an idiot. Like, he wants to split all the money with us. But since then, like, all six of them, like, they were all the leads. Right. Um, and then can you, what's the difference between royalties and residuals? Residuals, royalties is basically like you own part of the show. Residual is that anyone that appears on the show will get a check. So like Keith Hernandez was in those two mm -hmm. episodes, so maybe he gets $1,000 a year. But George, they were on every episode, so they obviously they get a whole lot more, depending upon I think how, how many lines you have. And George is on 180 episodes, so he gets, I don't know, maybe it's seven figures a year. I, I have no idea. But it would be significantly more if they got uh, royalties. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's ownership. Right. So when it goes to syndication, they don't get anything from it. But when these guys on Friends, when it went to syndication, they made a lot of money and they get a lot of money every year. So syndication is when new shows stop coming and it becomes reruns. Yeah, it becomes reruns. And then like like Netflix ended up paying tons of money to have Seinfeld on there. Yeah. And then when that contract renews, maybe Hulu picks it up and they're going to pay tons of money. Yeah, I think I read somewhere it was like, 20 million dollars or maybe 100 million actually i don't know the answer yeah I but it was hundreds a lot of, of millions i jerry definitely is a billionaire he has like his car collection of like 180 cars yeah. or something like that nauseating um so let's talk about the cast post seinfeld we have to talk about michael richards first yeah that's the elephant of the room yes so michael richards who plays kramer he I think like the few years post Seinfeld, there was a little bit here and there, not too much, like some guest acting. And he had, he had the Michael Richards show, which wasn't very good, unfortunately. Yeah. So that was done after one season. Right. And then the uh, kiss of death was he did a stand up appearance in 2006 mm -hmm. at a club in L.A. Yep. And he's not like a stand up comedian. Apparently not. Apparently not. So he was doing his set when a group of like 20 um, like racially diverse people come in and they're just kind of like making a scene, like ordering drinks loudly and like start heckling, heckling him. Heckling him. Yeah. I think like, they were saying, come on, Kramer, you know, fall down or something. And, and that, and of course, he's trying to distance himself from Kramer. And, and so that really, I'm sure, pissed him off. And I, I think his set wasn't that good either. It was yeah. Just, it imploded. Yeah. And he goes on a racial tirade yeah, and it was like i've seen a bit of the clip it is like jarringly racist it is it's very sad career yeah. ending yeah. like not there's no way it could ever be recoverable even for 2006 right and like that i feel like it's saying something that but it i will not link a clip on my instagram because i just don't really want that no, living on my page right. it's not necessary. um but you can like find it online and i mean it's like completely unrecoverable career ending like so incredibly offensive right exactly that's a shame he went and apologized but it was something so outrageous that i don't think the apologies are going to work yeah so he went like on an apology tour on some mm -hmm. late night shows right. he called civil rights leaders and apologized to them i mean he did he did what you're supposed to do but it do. just Dug himself too big of a hole, unfortunately. Yeah, too big of a hole, completely unrecoverable. I also think that, like, the public at that point, there's nothing more that we could have wanted from Michael Richards. True. Like, he gave so much as mm. as Kramer that, like, what could he have possibly right. given? Like if, let's say that's a good point. What Let's say that happened during Seinfeld. 
maybe it'd be easy to forgive because we want we want Kramer back so bad. Maybe it would have been able easier to come back. But at yeah. that point, he was so far removed from it, and maybe people just didn't care. I guess. Yeah. But it's a shame. Yes. Um. So he's been really like under the radar. He's done a few things. He was on a couple episodes of Curb, and Correct. he was on Comedians and Cars getting right. coffee. But I think he's pretty quiet. I think he has like a daughter my age, so he's just. Mm-hmm. enjoying like a quieter yeah he's probably like, in his 70s now yeah he's, he's older yeah yeah so um jo- jason alexander post seinfeld he's done a decent bit but he isn't as like active as mm-hmm. like jerry or julia louis dreyfus um he i feel like he's pretty well known in the industry like he's one of those people that like has really given back a lot i know he leads a lot of like classes right, master right. classes and if you look up his filmography, he's a guest star on, like, every show under right. the sun. I know Criminal Minds. He was on um, Young Sheldon. I, I, a bunch of shows. I guess Community. he likes doing that. Yeah. I think that, like, if you're in the Hollywood industry and you're in, like, the acting industry, like, you know who he is. Mm-hmm. Like, he does a lot, but he doesn't, like, make headlines. He doesn't really do right. much. Um, he's really politically active. Like, he was really active, again, like, getting flu shots, which is an interesting mm-hmm. cost to choose but like a noble one um and i really enjoyed watching his interviews i found him to be like really soft-spoken and like kind and mm-hmm. i know his sons are acting and i went on like his son's instagram pages and jason comments on like every single post and he's like so great love you so much son that's sweet <laughs> so that's <laughs> nice and he married like kind of a nobody so no offense to dana but um right or somebody that wasn't well known but yeah and, and, and Probably a great relationship, you know? Yeah, and he's still done some, like, theater stuff, too, and some singing. Um, but he truly is a renaissance man. He also, like, does poker, too. Have you seen that? No. Oh, yes. I think the celebrity poker. Yeah. I have seen. I think I have seen him on there once or twice. Yeah, he, like, he has a lot of talents. Mm-hmm. And then Julia Louis-Dreyfus, my queen. She's probably had the most success. Yeah. Um, you know, wait, wait, oh, the... It, uh, New Adventures of Old Christine or old, whichever yeah. it was. That was a good show. I think she won an award, didn't she? Yeah, I think so. I think the first few years after Seinfeld were a little bit slow for her. Mm-hmm. And then she was on that New Adventures of Old Christine show. And then, of course, she was on Veep, Veep. Yeah. which was an HBO show that started in 2012. They asked her to lead and produce. Um, and she won six Emmys in a row. That's amazing. So I think she won like eight total lead actress Emmy for Veep. And a support and a supporting one on Seinfeld. And supporting for Seinfeld, maybe one for the Christine show, but six She's years in a row. Probably one of the most Emmys. decorated actresses yeah. or T and TV. And yeah. Television. Um. So she did Veep, and she has kids. I think they're my age now, and she is definitely yeah. cemented as like comedy hall of fame woman comedy hall of fame she also won the mark twain prize for american humor i will link this video one i used to when i was in high school i used to love watching because i got kind of into comedy when i was in high school and i thought like that would be cool maybe and i her acceptance speech and i didn't even like know who she was really except i knew she was in seinfeld Mm is literally like one of my favorite videos of all time um it was really funny and then jerry of course, Post Seinfeld has done a lot. Well, he, he did the B movie. Of course, and, the B movie. And he does his stand up still, and he's very good, yeah. very successful at that. Um, I don't, I mean, obviously, well, he, the, car, the comedian in Cars, the Getting Coffee, yeah. he appeared on a few of the Curb episodes. So I don't think he can do no wrong, really. He's just so big. Yeah, he's, except date a 17 year old. Well, so we have to was, talk about that. I know. Well, that was. <laughs> When he was like 35, yeah. she was 17. So my generation, like TikTok recently found out about Shoshana, the mm-hmm. um, high schooler that he dated. And yeah. he spent like 
re-canceled again because like my generation found out about that um so yeah we have to talk a little bit about that so he in the height of seinfeld he started dating shoshana um, lonstein lon levin lonstein something like that she's jewish girl um and they started dating in the middle of seinfeld did that elicit like media fanfare you know i looked before this i i looked on looked it up again and um there's like a he's on the cover of um people and there's a picture of him saying oh look at his new romance you know 35 and 17 but they're not but people didn't say anything like oh my god this is so taboo whereas i think they really would now but yeah people people eyebrows were definitely raised but not like i would think now i think now it's yeah now 30, that's 30 years <laughs> later i think now it'd be a little bit now it would be really different. I mean, people are at Billie Eilish's throat for dating a thirty-year-old when she's twenty-one. Twenties, yeah. So the, and like, the fact that she they met and started when she was in, or he, I think what this article said was they met in high school and then officially started dating when she was in college. Maybe they just said that to make it look a little better, but still, that's you know. And it's funny because he was thirty-five on the prime top of his show and everything, and he couldn't find anyone his own age. Yeah. Or close to it. Even 10 years younger, 25. Yeah. Um, that's uncomfortable. But they did date for four years and then broke up. And then shortly after, he met his wife, Jessica, who's mm-hmm. age appropriate. Yeah. And they've been together for like 20 years. Yeah. Like, they've got, I think, three kids. <laughs> yeah, three kids, like around my Duke. age. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's kind of like an interesting mm-hmm. note. But it about wasn't a, a huge deal back then. I mean, I don't remember them talking about it that much. Yeah. So there's that that I think has like soured my generation's view of him. And then there's also this video of Kesha. Do you remember that singer? Of course. Yeah. Where he wouldn't hug her. (laughs) He wouldn't hug her. And it's not like a bad video. It's just uncomfortable to watch. It's like one of those secondhand cringe. Like I think he's one of these. Maybe he's like a germaphobe and he didn't know her and didn't want to touch her. Yeah. And he didn't know she was famous. But I don't know if he was so famous. And I don't know if he would have cared who she was. Yeah. You know? Um. But I don't know. So that was kind of my reputation or my like image of Jerry Seinfeld, like going into the show. And of course, B movie, like he gave us one of the greatest films of all time. And Michael Richards was in that. Yes. And Patrick Warburton, who plays David Putty. Putty. Um, But also, I think that like in researching for this and like seeing like how much Jerry Seinfeld like actually did for the show, like he wasn't just the stale, arrogant, straight man lead actor like right. he also wrote so many of the episodes oh yeah he was he, he was the creator he and he and, he and i think that's why again going back to the royalties he wasn't just an actor on the show he was a creator we're all the friends guys they were all actors and i guess they all got together i'm sure in hindsight i know I'm kind of going backtracking but i'm sure in hindsight some of those other seinfeld characters wished maybe in season two they said all right we're yeah. not coming back yeah. until we get but they probably didn't think that it didn't know how successful it'd be. Yeah, the show didn't really gain success until right. like the fourth season. Mm, exactly. Third or fourth. Um, and also I know the Friends cast, they were pretty collaborative. Like they mm-hmm. wrote a lot. And I don't know like how much Elaine or how much the rest of Seinfeld cast did. But know. it's also like worth noting like you can have the greatest writing in the world, but if you don't have the actors that can like pick up right, on the right. subtleties and delivery. And Seinfeld had both had these incredible writers and these amazing performers that could deliver the lines. Hmm. Yeah, and I can also just respect Jerry as a person who like has this show about him, knowing that he is the least funny and least interesting character and least talented. Yeah, I mean, you see him breaking talented. characters so many times, or almost about to break character. It does kind of like speak to his character for me, and like 
I could see how, even if it were me, like if I had a show where I'm the creator, this is my show, I, Lily, I would want to be the funniest and most interesting character. Mm-hmm. Cause like, it's my show. I want, right. I would want to play but, the yeah. funniest parts. I would want to have the most interesting storylines, but he was more than okay with having those three characters be like the funniest characters and right. the most interesting. Well, he saw the that that worked line. well and the yeah. better it worked, the more money for him. Not that it's all about the money, but the more successful the show got yeah, was with those three really being funnier than him. Yeah. It's like just everything, just the, facial reactions or just their faces that they make i found this one clip on tiktok that like i literally watched it like 10 times in a row because of elaine's face specifically (laughs) jerry's like yeah well i was walking around naked and elaine goes ah that is not a good look for a man that sounds just (laughs) like her (laughs) and she's like a woman's body it's a work of art art. oh my god that is funny (laughs) her face just like cracks me up in it like it makes me laugh so hard um okay and then so moving forward what kinds of jokes and what bits do you think that like were okay in the 90s in seinfeld that wouldn't pass by today's standards okay i know um well the the one about um the outing i think it's called the outing where the new nyu reporter overhears them he, he, she's eavesdropping on jerry and george they're saying hey this hey this lady's listening to us let's just say that we're gay or something they make up this, this thing that they're lovers or whatever. And then it turns out that she's going to be interviewing him. She's like, wait a minute. Oh, you're the girl from the diner. No, we're, you know, we're not gay. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What do you think? I just, I wonder if the LGBTQ community would be like, well, you're saying there's nothing wrong with it because you're really implying that there's something is. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's funny, but I, that's something I think, gee, I wonder if that would work these days. I think that that is definitely fine because I think the funny in it isn't making fun of gay people. The funny of that scene is making fun of people that are so scared or homophobic offending people Mm -hmm. that like they go to these great lengths to prove that they're not like my father's gay remember that's what george said yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) like no like my uh second grade like buddy like he's gay now like i'm not homophobic it's more so like making fun of these people that make it their way this like grand gesture when it's really like not that big of a Mm -hmm. deal at all i think that like out of all the comedy shows that I can think of like Seinfeld is the one that ages the best or maybe not the best, but I think that Seinfeld ages like perfectly fine because who is like, what is clean humor? If not Jerry Seinfeld, right? Like Jerry Seinfeld is known for like clean humor, exactly, which is like observational comedy. What's the deal with airplane food? Mm -hmm. Like self-deprecation, like stuff that's like very can withstand the test of time versus like some of these other comedians, like, Chris Rock or like Jim Gaffigan who can like get themselves into quandaries. Look at like Chris D'Elia. Like look what happened to him. Um, So I think that and also like with if you don't mind if I generalize you, but your generation like thinks that like my generation of like Gen Z's are like so easily offended all the time. Right. Politically correct. And when it's not necessarily the case, like older people think like, well, you can't make jokes about gay period, gay people, period. When, like, in reality, like, you can, and you can, like, have gay people, like, at the center of, like, the comedy bit while doing it in, like, a tasteful, funny way that's more so, like, holding up a mirror to society. So, like, if you were to take that um, episode where Jerry Seinfeld dates a Native American woman, but he's so afraid of offending her. Right, right. And there's the point where he's like, oh, should I make a reserve? Like, he's scared to say the word reservation. 
let me call the restaurant and tell them we're coming and they can let me know the appropriate time. And like, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's going out of his way. And of course, saying the word reservation, you're not talking about Native American. You're talking about, you know, ordering something for the restaurant. Um, but he's going out of his way to be sensitive. Yeah. So the funny in that isn't Native American people. The funny is the white person who's so overly cautious. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why that can pass for today. I think shows like The Office that are like blatantly... Right. Like Michael is blatantly like saying offensive things, but I guess you could debate like is the funny about like the minority in question or is the funny the white person who's so outlandish that like you're kind of making fun of like the ignorance of somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I think like Seinfeld ages really well compared to The Office and How I Met Your Mother too. Like I think like I watched some How I Met Your Mother episodes today and I like kind of cringe a little bit. And one thing I want to mention too um we were talking about okay, so at the end of the season, that I think that's the end of the the series. That's when I think the other stars were getting upset about the royalties because they'd gone into syndication, and so the last season, Jerry and I guess NBC or whoever's in charge agreed to pay each supporting character a million dollars an episode, which was twenty four years ago, which is like really almost unheard of. I think they get it; they probably get it now, and that was to kind of like make up for it. So they each made you know twenty million dollars, and I think you and I were talking before about you know. You know, one reason why it's so popular, I think, because it ended on top. And that next year, which would have been a 10th season, they offered Jerry $100 million to do another season. And he turned it down. And I think he turned it down because he wanted to go out on top. Yeah. And didn't want to hurt the legacy where people years later saying, yeah, great show. But God, that last season was really bad. And I think that's why it's still so popular because it's good up until the very end. Yeah, I think what makes Seinfeld unique, one of the things, is that Seinfeld really does only get better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, like I even watch the show backwards. Like when I go through rewatching it, I start with season nine, watch it all the way, all the way through, go back to season eight, watch it all the way through. Um, and whereas so many other series like the office, how I met your mother just gets so much worse over time, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Well, I think they, they run out of ideas or good ideas and they still go where Seinfeld was like, you know, we can't come up with anything else. So we're, we're done. We're shutting it down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a great watch. I've really enjoyed watching it and just seeing like that it really is the foundation for so many sitcoms that we see today. And then so mm-hmm. many like references in society or like the ways that like in my day to day life, like I didn't even realize like I was referencing Seinfeld because these things are just so commonly mm-hmm. said. Like yada, yada, yada. yada. <laughs> right. That was from Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> you skipped over the best part. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, is there anything else that you want to talk about? I don't think so. It's been a pleasure being on your show, and I can't wait to hear it. And um, I'm so excited for all your other episodes. I'm learning a lot about pop culture. All right, well, thank you so much, Dad, for coming on. Thank you. And we hope to have you again soon. I'd love to. Oh.